This is episode number 995 with Nikki Glazer. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Maya Angelou once said, laugh as much as possible. Always laugh. It's the sweetest thing one can do for oneself and one's fellow human beings. An author, Oscar Wilde, said, It is a curious fact that people are never so trivial as when they take themselves seriously. My guest today is one of the funniest people I know. Nikki Glaser has had three specials on Netflix. She's also the host of the Comedy Central podcast, You Up, and she's embarking on a mini tour of all outside stand-up shows at the end of the month. And what I love about Nikki's comedy is that she's always saying what we're afraid to admit we're thinking. This was truly a unique School of Greatness conversation. Nikki was hilarious, but also vulnerable and real and full of relatable stories. And we actually sat down back in early spring before the quarantine And we thought this was a perfect time to drop the episode now. We could all use a little more humor in our lives. And if you're enjoying this episode, make sure to share it with someone who needs to hear it. And a quick reminder to subscribe to the School of Greatness on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a rating and review to help us spread the message of greatness to more people. Coming up, Nikki Glazer. after I take just two minutes to keep the lights on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host the one i love about you is you really talk about vulnerabilities and insecurities and you go in and talk about a lot of real stuff Mm -hmm. one of the coolest things i saw you post was actually a video you shared of someone else of a young girl that said i'm ugly i'm too ugly and then this older woman, I don't know if it's her mom or if it's an older sister like, or a caretaker. It looked like a mom's friend or something yeah, like who was doing her hair. Yeah, doing her hair was like stopped her and was like, no, you are beautiful. You're amazing. I love this about you. And I was like really inspired that you posted that. Yeah. Because I think we have a platform where we can really inspire people. And it's it's great to tell jokes and do your thing and you know make people laugh and entertainment. But when you can remind people of how beautiful they are, I think it's really special so i want to acknowledge Thanks, you for man. for the gift you have in reminding girls who follow you about 
not comparing themselves, not judging themselves. I was conflicted about that video in many ways. It was ways the greatest video you posted. It was the it was the be- one of the best videos I've watched. The most moving, yeah, like things I've seen on Reddit, and I saw it late one night, and it just it, and it popped up again yesterday, and I was like, oh, I have to repost this. I forgot because I showed my closest friends because. This little girl, what was heartbreaking about the video is this little girl's four and she looks into the camera and just like sees herself on the screen. Yeah, because it's like an Instagram live or something Mm -hmm. or something live. And the the woman's just, you know, doing a live video while she's doing this little girl's hair. And the little girl just looks at herself and she goes, I'm ugly. And it was just like, to me, I, I, I feel that way like so much all the time. Oh, yeah. I struggle with it a lot. And it, people always comment, you're beautiful, all these things. It, I, I know. Thank you. Uh, like, I, I know I'm a pretty girl who's complaining about feeling ugly, but mm-hmm. I can't help. I do feel very ugly sometimes. And I have face dysmorphia. I have body dysmorphia. But it, like, as I age, too, it just gets worse and worse. And I know that so many women have it, too. So I know I'm not alone. But mm-hmm. the way this little girl said I'm ugly was like, I felt it. I've, I've felt that way before, but to see it, I didn't feel it until I was, I think eight, 17 was probably the first time I started really feeling that way and being like this, I hate myself because of it. Really? So um, you, what would it be? You'd look in the mirror or you'd see a girlfriend or you'd see someone on TV and then you'd be like, oh, I don't like the way I look. Yeah. Like you just see someone who's beautiful and you're like, why is God so cruel to have, why I, I got this. I used to yell at my mom and say, why did you, ind-? I was, no, I'm not joking. you did you, not. I was like 12, so it probably started younger, honestly, because my sister, it was around the time my sister got really beautiful, which she was in sixth grade and I was in eighth grade. And I remember telling my parents, I'd go, mom, I remember my mom was doing the dishes and I was just trying to antagonize her because I was just so mad that I was so ugly and my sister was so pretty. And I go, why did you and dad have sex knowing you could make something as ugly as me? No, you did not. I swear to God, I was like, you should, that was irresponsible of you. You have ugliness in your family. You knew this could happen. And my mom goes, I'm not laughing because it's- No, it's so sad. But it is funny to say that to your own mom. And my mom was offended, obviously. Like- don't say we're ugly and you're ugly, but but she would never say, you know, telling a child you're beautiful, shut up. Like it doesn't, that's just things parents have to say. So when she would say like, just, she would say, just be happy with what you have. And that always to me was like, you are ugly. So just suck it up. Oh my gosh. So she wouldn't say you're beautiful. She would, but I wouldn't believe that. And I would, I would go, no, I'm not. And she's like, well then just be happy with what you have, Nikki. And I'd just be like, that's that's not what I want to do. I don't want to ever settle. So like, there's this part of me that feels. <laughs> I think you had an Instagram post that was like, "Never settle with your dog or a oh, dog yeah, that you're kissing." Yeah, that I'm kissing with <laughs> my dog. Never settle because I don't. I don't like being average. Yeah. I want to be extraordinary. Mm. I don't want to walk into a room and not be the prettiest girl, even though that is always the way it is. Like mm. I, I, I understand my limitations in terms of looks. I, but I truly would do anything to be hot. I would give up my personality to be hotter. What? Why? I just think it affords you a better life per- as a woman. I understand that. And I know that's women sad who are to be- say. I understand that women who are, have the beauty card have certain opportunities in life yeah. with maybe that are different than women who have a personality or a smarts card or whatever it may be, right? Yes. Um, but it doesn't mean they're going to be happy. No, I know this. You know I see I mean? miserable models all the time. There's, I'm friends with many of them. It doesn't equal happiness. And they don't think they're beautiful. And there's nope. always someone hotter. And if someone's got a bigger they're butt or bigger boobs. They're more insecure than any of us like sevens. It is true. <laughs> like tens are more insecure and think they're uglier than most sevens Why do. Why is that? 
because it's heightened. My friend who's a model, she's like, the other day she was talking to me about some guy that made her feel bad about something, her looks. And she was like, and he knows, why would he say that when he knows I'm a model? So I get told I'm ugly every day. And I go, what? you do? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, what do, what do you mean? And it's like, because models are so beautiful, photographers and people that work with them feel like they can put them down so much easier because you're a model. It shouldn't affect you that I think you're gain five pounds or shouldn't affect you that I think your eyes are too far apart. Whatever it is that makes them a model. So she gets, they get insulted all the time. And I remember having a therapist one time because I was crying about the same bullshit. She was like, you should be so grateful you're not a model. They have the, they're the most unhappy women because- and it's and, and I don't unless you have some other thing you're working on, if everything about you is your looks, which I'm saying is like I kind of am I think that looks are that important and I wish I didn't. But I'm gonna talk myself out of it now by saying that if everything about you is your looks, it's not a good thing to invest in because no. the looks are the They're only the... thing that are a hundred percent going to fade. They will. If you keep going, you're gonna become unfuckable, ladies. <laughs> it is a you're a dying battery of fuckability. Yeah. And it's okay. But it's gonna happen, so be okay with yourself. Because if because I've been working on like, oh, I want to look hot to attract a man, right? Like men are just they. That's how you attract them at first, and then you have a personality, and then they fall in love with you, or they're like easy. You talk too much. Um, but I was focusing so much on my looks to attract a man. I want a man who just always wants to f me, is always so attracted to me, can't keep his hands off me. It's just. But if a man really, if only loves you for the way you look or it's like 90% of it, that 90% is go it's going it's to fragile. go away. It's fragile. You will they're lose gonna it. They're going to get tired of it too. Well, you will lose that if ability will mm -hmm. be gone. So yes. if you don't have anything else to connect with that person with, he will leave you for someone more fuckable. That's it. You have to have, this is what Matthew Hussey talks about, which I know you had Matthew Love on. Love Matthew. Great guy. Ugh. He says, so much from him. You need to have the combo. He's like, hot guys are only so attractive to women for so long. Oh. And then if they don't have the combo, which is like, you need to be hot or sexy or beautiful or handsome and, you know, I don't know, something else. It's like got to be two things. You can't just be one. You can't just be smart. You got to be smart and sensitive. Yes. You can't just be hot. You got to be hot and a little something else. You do. You, you need can't two just have things. You, you need two things. You do. And so you've got. That's interesting. You've got, you've got beauty and you've got personality yeah. and you've got drive and I you've do. got hustle. You've got a lot of great qualities. I have too many things. <laughs> I really do have too many you have things. Too many things you don't have time for any guys. I should have two personality traits and stick to those, but <laughs> it doesn't work for me because you're so right. I you have need been, the combo. I love hot guys. I am. My mom's always been like, Nikki, you just always are thinking about looks. And I'm like, I can't. I struggle so much with sexual intimacy with men mm. that if I'm not sold on you right away in terms of how you look, it's really never going to get there for you're me. You're not going to be open intimately. I can't. I can't get there. Once I've put you in a place of like, I would have sex with him. I wouldn't. You're staying there for, forever. forever. And it's really, really it's, it's, it's my way of being not open to actual intimacy. So it's mm. like so few can get in. And the men that I'm attracted to are generally very, very attract out of my league attractive probably. And then also um, they're not really available because that's a thing that I'm attracted to. They're married but, or they're... No, not married. Not into that was like, they're not into intimacy in a relationship. They're, they're not... They, they're cheaters. Mm -hmm. They don't like me. Why do you attract those men? Because I, I'm scared of intimacy. So I, I'm attracted Why to men that can't... Why I don't know. Trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'd like to get to the bottom of it. What's the scariest thing about intimacy for you? That... I mean, I think if you really... Everyone who's scared of intimacy, which a lot of people are, it's that... 
you will truly get to know someone and really let them in and they won't love you for who you are and they will reject you. And then you don't have, and then you're abandoned. And then what? Okay. And then what? And then, or I mean, my, my biggest fear of intimacy truly is like, I just have this weird fear. This is just out of nowhere weird, but it's like a real thing. I get scared of sex with men um, more than anything, even though it's like all I want and like think about it and I'm motivated by. I'm like a very sexual yeah. person, but I don't have sex unless I love someone mm. or like love, whatever that is, unless I'm in a relationship or unless I have been in a relationship with them before where that's like, <laughs> right, it's right. but like a new person, I'm very scared to be like Intimately. sexually intimate with because of, I feel like they'll reject me. I feel like I, during, during the thing might become repulsed in some way or hate it with them, with them or they'll yeah. hate you no with them wow like i'm scared like when i've been watching love is blind these girls are always like before they the, the it's revealed and they get to see this guy mm-hmm. who they already love right and they're gonna see him they're always like i'm worried if he's gonna like me and i was like i'm if i were them i'd be like what if he's not cute mm. i will now can't i can't do it i cannot be physical with someone unless i'm physically attracted to mm-hmm. them and that is a real problem because like I said, it's a shallow thing. It goes away. And, but I also feel like I never want to be in a position with a man where I'm like, I've gotten myself into a sexual scenario that I can't get out of mm. where I'm like, cause I know myself. I like to please people. So you want to say no, you just keep going. I just going, go wrong right. with it. So when was the first time you remember being like insecure about your looks? Was this 12? Was it 17? Is this like, was there a moment where a girl said, Oh, you got to whatever. Yeah, I was in fifth grade and someone called me a bucktooth beaver because I have, I had these size mm-hmm. teeth in my little yeah, fifth in little grade head. head and they were like starting to creep out and, um, and that, that, that hurt in fifth grade. I was like borrowing a piece of paper from my friend Ray and I think I had done it every day for many days in a row and he always, no, it was a pencil. He would always give me one. I was always disorganized, forgetting things and he would always, you know, when like someone just gives you something every day and you're like. I know he's going to give it to me. I'm just going to take it mm-hmm. because oh, we go through without this. asking or. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it just happens every, this is our thing. That's uh, my yeah. pencil at yeah. this point. So I, and I'm in fifth grade, you know, yeah, you grab I grab it. it. He sees me and he goes, damn it, you bucktooth beaver. Why don't you just go in the woods and gnaw down a tree and make your own pencil? He did not. In front of everyone. And I was like, and I think my first thought was like, okay, well, I still need lead to like write with because like wood, I'll just like scratch wood into paper. And I think I may have said that to him, but um, I that was the first time I was like, my looks are a problem. Oh, men are just, men will punish it. me for it in front of people. And that's when I went on like lockdown with ever talking to boys or when no I knew gay with Eighth grade was probably my most awkward year in terms of looks anyway. And then that was the year in sixth grade that my sister came to my middle school and she was gorgeous she just like grew into her looks it was it was very popular everyone liked her she and was then younger from then by on, two years right she was two years younger and from then on guys in my grade always One had crushes sister. on her guys that i would like have dreamed to have liked me no. so it just began and every time and she's the most she's the best person ever and is so not about her looks in any way like i I love her so much. And so I always feel bad even talking to her about her and being like, you're the reason I hate myself, but you are Lauren. And, um, but she, when she, when she, uh, when we got older, it was like every time she would leave the room, my girlfriends would be like, your sister's so pretty. I hate her. How do you live with it? And I would just be like, I always just felt, I remember walking into a restaurant one time and the, the hostess was like, 
oh my God, this child is the most beautiful child I've ever seen. And I'm like standing right next to her. What about me? What am I doing? And it just felt terrible. And from then on, I was like, I am ugly. I have to do everything to not be ugly. And that's when I started being funny is to like supplement. To get attention or to be seen. To be seen. Wow. Do you think if you were... I mean, you're a beautiful woman, but if you think that you were like your sister's beauty or whatever, that people saw I'd be you, way less interesting. What would you be? What would you be at in teacher. your life right now? She's I, a teacher. She's a teacher. She's a happy teacher. I'd be, I'd be a happy teacher with kids. I wouldn't need this like approval from strangers, from, uh, from celebrities, from other people I admire. I wouldn't seek it out so much, but I just want to be extraordinary because I felt... I don't want to be average. I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want to be see- not seen because I felt that way so much. So I think that's it. But wow. it's it started there and then, I mean, and then since then, it's just like. So what do you, I mean, what is it you're chasing right now? Happiness. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being like blissful, happy. What are you right now? I'm like a seven. I'm pretty happy. I'm overworked. But I'm really happy. But you know what I would really like? Like I've been, this coronavirus has got me thinking about if I died tomorrow, what would, I've achieved everything mm. career-wise really? that I've wanted to. What have you I not don't achieved? Really, hosting SNL. That's it. That'd be pretty cool. That's the last one. you did one. Dancing with the Stars, which I want to do someday. You got to do Dancing with the Stars. Because I'm a salsa dancer. I've been you dancing are... semi-professionally for 15 years. Oh my God. Around the world. Dude, yes. you need to get on that show it's so fun you'll it love seems it like so a blast. much you'll the, the it's it's talk about intimacy with your partner i mean f- dancing four hours a day with someone i mean you get it did you, you get intimate yeah yeah i like fell in love with him he was married but like <laughs> in our, like you know and, and his wife even was mm-hmm. like they talk about like this happens every season like the, the, so there's like the, a romance a love it's like a everyone story. on the show bonds with their partner in a way that would make but dancers are very like they understand, they understand that it. that is a different bond than like a marriage yes. and that it's going to be a crush there's going to be a flirtation and yeah. stuff but that's what makes the dance good is that you have chemistry right. so they're able to like like they're all just so much more fluid mm-hmm. and comfortable with their bodies and sexuality and that that experience actually really made yeah. me a lot more comfortable like being sexy because I've you know, I really struggle with that. I just, mm. I don't see myself that way. And I, I rarely do. Like yeah. the only time I ever feel like sexy is if I'm like legit, like horny. Like I don't, otherwise I'm just like, I'm a kid. Right. And it's like I said, it takes a lot to get me horny. Like guys mm. are so They don't have the fast. combo. They don't have the combo. Slow it down. Yeah. All of you. Yeah. The girl should be the one moving it along. I think, or I'd I would like to be. The key is to. You get into a relationship where you actually don't make a move and the girl is so turned on she can't stop. She has to like essentially rip your shirt off. Yes, yes. And that's when you're like, okay, I've done everything I can to like connect to her, to be intimate, to be vulnerable, to love, to yeah. support, to be fun, to like everything else. Yes. Although you can make a move and kiss, but I mean, like I really like yeah, getting nah, like that's fine. pawed on pretty hard. Like no, that would course. be a thing. No, like, it's like I, flirtation. Like yes. you can flirt all day. Yes, but you're you saying should. don't make a move. Like getting yes. in there. We have a lot of things in common that I, yeah. I learned about. We're both grew, we both were uh, born in Ohio. Born in Ohio. You're Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I was Columbus. Yeah. We both lived in St. Louis. I lived there for about seven years through middle school through college. I mean, a formative time. Right. Very That's, formative. Yeah. I left, actually, I begged my pa- uh, parents to send me away in eighth grade to go to St. Louis. Really? Yeah, because I felt, I just did a post of my 
whatever, like seven-year-old self, a photo from me. And I put on the top, I was like too stupid, too ugly, too skinny, too goofy. And it's talking about the insecurities that I had as a kid yeah. because girls want to talk to me. So it's like I had to develop a skill so that I could survive. Right. right. So we have a lot of things in common. Yeah. You felt ugly too? All the time. Yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. Why? When did that start I mean, I was you? like this tall when I was like 11 years old. So yeah. it was like this, you know, and I had big teeth and yeah. they were all crooked and everything. And um, When did girls start years, liking you? It's probably like in high school when I started to develop into my body. I I just I had no friends growing up, like literally zero friends, and I just played sports all day by myself. And I remember getting picked, kind of like you. You had a time what was it fourth grade? You said fifth grade? Yeah. The bucktooth uh-huh. beaver thing. I had a time in fourth grade as well where I was picked last on a dodgeball team. Like our class went out to play recess dodgeball, and there were two captains, and they sure. were like the two popular kids. And they picked all the guys first, and then they picked all the girls, and then I was the last one after all the girls. So it was like a fourth grader being picked after the girls was like super embarrassing. It was like the lowest of low at that time, right? And I just remember being like, no one likes me, no one loves me, no one cares about me. I'm alone. And I can either, one, kill myself. Got in for You were thinking these yes. things? Yes. And, yeah. and I would go into the principal's office and get in trouble all the time. And I was just like, I wish I were dead. I wish I were, why am I even here? Ugh. If no one cares about me, yeah. why, why be alive? Yeah. So it was either kill myself. Luckily I wasn't like doing suicidal things, but I just had these thoughts and I would say it. Or it was like, I'm gonna become the biggest, fastest, strongest human being I can be. So no one can ever hurt me. Mm. I'm gonna be the best athlete. So I'm never picked last again. And that's what I did. So from fourth grade until you know, now essentially I was just like, I'm going to be the best athlete possible. And I played six hours a day of basketball and football, whatever it was, I went all in. And so I was always picked first, which is like, that that was my skill. And so once I had that skill, then women would see me as like the all-star athlete or whatever it is. And I started to develop as a human being and I started to learn and grow and and be able to have friendships and have conversations and not be embarrassed all the time. And yeah. And I also created a challenge for myself um, when I was 16, because I was terrified to talk to girls, even though I was getting more attention, I was still, I didn't know how to speak. Yeah. It was like, uh, hi, you know, it's like, what do you say to a girl when you're attracted to them as a teenage boy? I, I don't no even know now what you would say. <laughs> exactly. It's like giving me anxiety thinking about it. And so I created a challenge myself in the summer when I was 16. I was like, every time I feel butterflies around a girl that I see on the street or whatever, at the, the basketball court or at the gym, whatever it is, I'm going to go up to them and start a conversation. I'm going to run across the street and say hi to them. I'm going to turn around at the grocery store and 16. speak. And for three months, I talked to girls every single day that I was terrified to talk to. And I fumbled. I had no clue what I was doing. No one teaches you this. You have to mess up and learn. And by the end of the summer, I felt so confident. I could talk to anyone. And I'd still get rejected a lot, but I just didn't care anymore. Because just the sheer number of rejection, like you I was just like, okay, I'm still alive. Like, yeah, I'm alive, fine. and I still have this friend, and I, you know, I'm healthy, and yeah. What? That's why I asked you before. I was like, okay, if they abandon you, and then what? And then what? I love that you said that. And because then what? And the then what? Uh, it's like, I still have my career, and I'm still healthy, and my family's there, and you know, I think the and then what is that? I am. I don't like being when I get romantically jilted mm-hmm. it really throws me off in a way that it it makes me a person i don't like mm. i get vindictive i get um 
I just d- channel this like Taylor Swift of like he will pay. I want to write about him. I want. Why I just, do women do that? Because you hurt us so much, and we trusted we, you. We hurt you, or you hurt your. You allowed yourself to feel something. I, I, this is the thing. I have allowed myself to be hurt by many of these men. The men that hurt me last year. I have a couple that like. I look at it and I say. The red flags were there. Mm-hmm. All of your friends knew that this was bad news. You had a choice to leave I at any abs- time. I had a choice to not do those things with him and build that intimacy when I knew it was going to fall apart. But I, I did choose it. But at the same time, I also have have avoided a lot of people by by being like, no, this is not good. I know I'm I'm going to... Sometimes guys trick you mm. into thinking it's going to be more than it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean that they tri- they don't intentionally do it. Right. I think there are some guys that do that, but there are some guys that think this is becoming something and mm-hmm. we're going to, this is leading to, and you think, oh my God, this might be a guy that is my boyfriend. That might be my husband. I'm like, I'm 35. When I think about a boyfriend, I'm like, is this it? Right. You start getting excited. Yeah. You start fantasizing about it because, and people go, Nikki, don't fantasize. And it's like, well, if I don't fantasize, I don't have anything. Because I haven't had a boyfriend in so long, so the fantasy is like so fun—the yeah, crush, the yeah, build-up of, of it—and then when that guy meets someone else, decides he doesn't like you anymore, is also too scared of intimacy himself, and rejects you, it is devastating, and mm. it, I can't work as hard, and I'm too—I'm yeah. so scared of that pain. I think that's what I'm really scared I, of—is just gosh, being hurt. You know what's crazy? I feel like until you fully fall in love with that pain. You're not going to be able to fully throw yourself into a relationship. Fall in love with the pain. In a sense of like, I'm not saying I want you to go through pain and experience a lot of it, but you need to be okay with it, I think. And it's like accepting yourself in the pain. Yeah. Like when it, do you feel like you've ever fully accepted who you are? No, no. I feel like I'm, I don't even. You're always going to be hurt. Hmm. You're always gonna be hurt if you never accept who you are. It's it's. I'm trying. Like I am doing everything to accept who I am. It's like the what old, don't you accept about yourself? I don't accept um, being average. I won't accept that's there. You're not my, average. But I, I you know I won't accept that. What does average mean? In what area of life? In your career? As a stand-up comic? As a Show host as a girlfriend as, as a, a girl like daughter, I, I just don't know why as a sister. I mean, I just want the best of everything, and I always think that there's something better. I guess, and I don't. Mm. Maybe that's it. I don't know what I don't accept about myself. I mean, clearly looks are a thing that is are struggling with. You just have to get there, but I don't. Easier said than done, yeah, and that's it. what I get. I get so mad because a lot of times, I think women when I talk about these things women who are so in the body positivity Mm -hmm. community kind of bristle at me saying, I think looks matter and I wish I were prettier and it makes me depressed that I'm not. I can't help that. And Mm -hmm. it would be a lie for me to be like, I love myself. And so I want to be there. I would kill to have that kind of Lizzo confidence. Um, But it's just not there for me yet. No, I get it. I mean, like my entire life, I feel very confident. I feel like... I love myself. Mm-hmm. I believe in myself, but I've never had a six pack. Like it's almost there, but it's like, <laughs> gosh, I wish I didn't have like this little layer of like yeah. fat in my stomach. And I've always had messed up teeth. And f- when I was 16, I also had eight teeth removed because I was going to get braces. I had my four right. wisdom teeth removed in oh St. God. Louis. Dude. I had eight teeth removed to have my- Shut up. You did not. I swear to God, you people never not. believe me when I said I had eight teeth Look removed. This. Look at this. So these, they took out so many teeth. These two here, these two here, and then my four wisdom. 
So I got them taken out, and I never got braces because it was football season coming up, and I didn't want to have like a mouth guard I had the same and smack in there. Going. And so the same I went twenty. Probably it was miserable. I was like, for two weeks, just like oh, you know, with gauze in my mouth. It was so painful, yeah. misery. I remember getting those little cases of all my teeth. Oh I had my eight of gosh, them. it's nuts, right? And so that's crazy. But then I got braces. You got braces. You have great teeth. And they all shoved them together. Yeah. So I never got braces. Because I didn't want to, I was like, kept pushing it off. And it's yeah. been 20 years. Yeah. And I'm always insecure about my smile. And even though it doesn't look that bad, it's like, you notice it. You know, when you're in the mirror and you notice it, you yeah, feel you it. You're like, it, yes. ah, it's, it's. It doesn't matter if people don't. And I got yeah. gaps when you look on the side. And it's like, I finally was like, you know what? Six months ago, I was like, screw it. I'm getting Invisalign. So I wear Invisalign now. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just going to smile and people are going to see it. And I'm going to accept myself through the discomfort. Yes. It's not like perfect. Pain. It's not perfect. And people will say something, but I'm like, I'm working on myself to get better. Yes. So I, I want to be better. I'm not happy with where I'm at, with my stomach, with my teeth, but it's like, I'm training every day. I'm eating clean. I'm seeing improvement. And that's all I can do It's like, yes, I'm not hundred percent satisfied, but I still love and accept myself of where I'm at and where I'm going. And I'm proud of every single day of taking the actions okay. to improve. So it's like, I feel the movement, it's getting better, I'm you know, I'm taking care of myself, I'm eating clean. It's like the ritual every day in the routine, which is helping me like be okay and be in peace. Yes. As opposed to like, looking myself in the mirror and be like, why are you so ugly every day? Like, because I used to be that way too. But you have money, you can do, some, like we can, any, the problem is that- I didn't you have don't money have, you 10 don't years have ago. To, I know, but- Broke. Right, me too. But. Now that we do, you yeah. can do things to be hotter. Sure. That no one would notice. Sure. That no one, like everyone goes, don't get work done. Yeah, okay, don't get well, like the hot deeds. Injections and this look, and that. Yeah, but they look hotter because they've had it and the work is so good that you don't notice it. So I hate that argument. That's what I struggle with is I can afford to spend money should on things. Should you do these things? Yeah, if, if, if they're, or should so it I makes just. You happier. But will that. I mean, I'm not going to be able to put it off forever. Eventually, I will be in my like 70s, yeah, and yeah. it's going to all fade. I think but, it's. Like, I think if listen, if you want to do work on yourself, or if you if it's going to make you happier, I think it's like a both and. I'm not saying like don't yeah. do work on yourself if you want to put like. I'm not a fan of like injections and all these things in your face. Personally, like my personal preference when women do that, but if it's like if it's going to make you feel something, you know, if you've got like. I don't know, your nose is all the way over to your side of your face and it really frustrates you every day and you can fix it. Yes. Okay, fix it. If your teeth yep. are jacked up and you want to fix it, like, I'm fixing it. I know. I, I'm not doing veneers, the, but I'm doing, like, braces. The fact that you said the braces thing, because I got Invisalign because I wanted to fix this one buck tooth, right? This I one see you sticks out. I can't even notice it until you said it. This one sticks out a well, little bit the, more than this one. You have the Invisalign And I have the Invisalign. I couldn't even see it. On. So I got Invisalign. It didn't work for me because they couldn't fix it. This is the only reason I got it done. And they couldn't. I went through three years of Invisalign. No, I'm you not did joking not. you. The uh, three different sets of like 14 They tried trays. different things. Yes. And they couldn't fix it. Sometimes it's just unmovable. And so I was like, I, but this bothers me. No one notices, but if ever I see it in every I picture, know. it stops. It, now I smile like this all the time. Shut up. No. And I have a great smile. And you I do don't, have a great smile. But it's, it, it bothers it. me so much that I can't take it and I can't. So I'm like, I'm going to get regular braces. I'm going to have do six it. months of f***ing regular braces. And be amazing teeth. And, and be then it's hilarious. done for the rest of your life. Yes. And then it's done. It's done. Time is happening. It's yes. moving. 
So I'm going to get, get eight more teeth taken out so they can do the braces. <laughs> I can't believe you had eight teeth all at the same, same time. Yes. One, one time. And no one ever believes me, but this was a no St. Louis trend. Either. This is- and people don't believe that we had to tell jokes to get Halloween candy. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's another St. Louis thing. You have to trick or treat. You have to tell a joke. And they say so soda we- in St. Louis. Yeah, we say soda. I grew up saying pop in Ohio. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'd always make fun of people saying soda. And then I was like, okay, no, nah, it's soda. Yeah, I wonder somebody. why you didn't have friends. Right. Exactly. <laughs> What else is the St. Louis thing that's different? Um, racism. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, segregation. Yeah, um, true. Uh, alcoholism. Um, toasted <laughs> raviolis. I mean, oh, I love to- so many fun things. Wait a minute. Is toasted ravioli not a thing anywhere else? No, that's St. Louis thing. Because I, when in school, we had toasted ravioli almost every day yeah, in St. All Louis. all the time. And I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, you almost- it was But I'm like, where is toasted ravioli to every restaurant I go to? Yeah. It's, it's only St. Louis? It's only St. Louis. I didn't know that. Yeah, they should put it everywhere. What's the, Fritz's? Fritz's? Or Fritz's, Fritz's? Root Beer, Man, so Emo's Pizza. Emo's. Oh, the thin crust is my jam. Yeah, it's so good. I never liked Chicago deep crust. Oh, I like it. I like it all, but. You like deep. I like, well, I like a lot of, I like a thin crust and a lot of sauce. So the deep dish, mm. you get a thin crust mm. and like just all sauce. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's a, it's a mess. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not <laughs> big into pizza, but. I have so many. Most. I have so many questions. Okay. I want to go for like three more hours with I this. I know. I know. We could talk. We only have ten minutes, so I need Jesus to be. Christ. I need to be intentional with my my last few okay. questions here. What's the funniest joke you've ever told in your mind? The funniest joke you feel like you were like, man, that I hit it. It like I was in the pocket. You know, one joke that I wrote that I was so proud of because it took a bit of work. Um, man. Okay, so it was a roast joke that I did, and it and it. It was because uh, I recently watched an old roast set of mine. I, but as soon as I do a special, I just dump all the material and I truly forget all of it. People will be like, do that one joke. And I'm like, I don't even remember that subject matter. Right. Like, I don't even know where I'd begin it's to gone. Yeah. conjure up that joke. But this one, because it's a one liner. Um, so the the people on the, the first roast I did was the Bruce Willis. No, it was Rob, Rob Lowe. And Ralph Macchio, Karate Kid, was on the dais. And then also Jimmy Carr, who is a comedian, was on the dais and I said, you know, I was going through everyone and then each person you just go like, you say their name and then you go into a joke about them and I was like, Jimmy A. Carr is what Ralph Macchio has to do to find a place to sleep at night. (laughs) And that one I love because I remember like trying to figure out what to say about either of them and I was like, Jimmy Carr, what's, if you Jimmy something, it's like Mm -hmm. getting in it in a car. God, if, if, if there was, Jimmy Carr doesn't mean any, like you can't Jimmy Carr, it would be Jimmy A Carr. Wait, what if his middle Middle initial initial is A? It's f***ing A. His middle initial, it was like Alexander or something was his middle initial. And I was like, this is a f***ing joke from the heavens. Like the math just worked out on it. So that one was in terms of like working on it. That was one I was really proud of. Do you feel like the, the space of comedy right now, everyone is super on their toes. Like, you know, walking on eggshells of like, can I go this far? Am I allowed to talk about this subject? Or am I, it's going to ruin my career. Yeah. You know, is one tweet going to ruin my career? Is one thing I said on a college tour going to ruin it? Is one thing on a podcast going to ruin If I said something too far, is everyone going to hold on to that for decades? Yes. As like, I'm this bad person, or I said something that can never be talked about, even though this is the profession of comedy. It is scary, and I got to be honest, I flirt with that line a lot because there's a part of me that wants to get it 
once like i'm really tired and i would like to like one of my jobs to get canceled wow that so would you're be kind like, of like i want to say whatever i want i want to be free to say it and if i someone... know i'm a good person yeah. i know i'm not racist i know i'm not um i have i have uh behaviors that are informed by the fact that i was raised in an all-white community yes. and didn't grow up with black people around me so there are things that i have to try so much harder to not be not to, to not be racist. I yeah. was raised in St. Louis. Which school did you go to again? Kirkwood. Ladue? Kirkwood, yeah, yeah. And we, we had black kids at our school. Thank I went to God. church in Kirkwood for a little bit. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, what I'm saying is that I I am not perfect by any means. And, and for someone to be like, I've never had a racist thought. It's like, you can't help sometimes yeah. if you have a ra- racist thought. And it's not, it never comes from me from a place of hate, but it just comes from a place of misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit to that. So if someone, here's a joke I said and says, she's racist. I know I'm not. So I'm okay with that and I have made peace yeah, with that. Yeah. And if someone goes, you're sexist, you're whatever, you're a bad person. I just, I've struggled so much in my life thinking I'm a bad person and I really mm. have made peace with the fact that, no, you're not, Nikki. You were in pain and maybe you lash out sometimes, but deeply you want everyone in the world to be happy. I'm deeply mm, empathetic. Yeah. I don't want to ever hurt anyone. So I just have to hold on to that because if I do get canceled, the thing that would devastate me the most is having people think I'm a bad person and... As long as I focus and know that I'm not within myself, which is truly all that matters, then I don't need to be so scared all yeah. the time. Wow. Because I think the people that are most scared are the people that are actually racist. Wow. And they should be scared. Because, you know, I don't know. I just feel like the consequences for if I get canceled for something I've said that's really insensitive on a podcast 10 years ago, I will be able to look at that and be like, yuck. I should be I shouldn't be allowed to work at that show because mm-hmm. of those things that I said. There should be a punishment for that because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to talk that way and it's a different time. So I feel uh, you know, sometimes the punishment doesn't fit the crime, but yeah. I'm willing to accept mm, things I've said in the past that mm. probably could get me canceled and be yeah. like, "Yeah, I said it and I regret it." Yeah. Um god, I feel like I want to talk so much more. We have we have 5 minutes, so okay. I'm going to I'm going to be kind and wrap it up. Uh, this is a question I ask everyone at the end. It's called the three truths question. So imagine it's your last day on earth many years from now. You've lived hundreds of years. You've extended your life. You've done everything you want to do. You've done every comedy tour. You've hosted SNL 20 times. You've, you own SNL. Whatever it is you want to do, you've done it. Okay. I have you've a boyfriend. Got the, you've got a husband who's the hottest man in the world who loves you and tells you how beautiful you are every single day. And every ounce of you is amazing. We still have a great sex life. Everything. He's, okay. All the things, right? Okay. You've got everything you want. Uh, you've achieved everything. Everything. Everything you want, you've made happen. Okay. okay? Friends with Taylor Swift. <laughs> everything. Uh-huh. And it's your last day, and for whatever reason, this hypothetical situation, everything's got to go with you that you've created in the world. All your content, all your specials, oh, all your whoa. work, all your, this podcast, everything's gone. It goes with you to the next place. Okay. But you get to leave behind three things you know to be true. Three three lessons you've learned in your life, three morals, three somethings that you would then share with the world. What would you say are your three truths? Number one, I would say that um, animals have feelings, and especially mammals, pigs and chickens and goats and cows and ducks have all the same feelings and in sadness and terror. They feel all those things that your little dog feels the dog that mm. you love so much that mm-hmm. you never want to feel any 
I was yeah. I, I was holding my dog yesterday. My parents are in town, and I gave my dog to my parents because I couldn't have the, them in New York. But I got to hold her yesterday, and I was just like, I just want to. I mm. I don't want her to feel any anxiety ever. And then I was thinking about she was shaking because she was cold, and I was like thinking about all the animals right now that have been born into these terrible lives where they're yeah. just born to die, and they they spend their whole lives terrified and shaking. And I just wish humans had more empathy for animals just because we're more intelligent does not mean that we it just it i wish people could understand it and yeah. ha have this and everyone would make a move towards veganism so that's what i'd wish people could really understand is vegan? like yeah i'm full vegan wow. and like it's it's hard and it sucks and i don't get to have things i love yeah. but you don't get to do everything you want to do because sometimes it's not right yeah. and what we're doing to animals is not right and so that's one thing i would leave behind um Another thing I would leave behind is I think women do things and men too. You don't have to do anything sexual you don't want to do. It is totally okay to make someone feel awkward about what they have just suggested you do. Because I think a lot of times we just go, oh, I have to do this because he thought I was supposed to do this right mm -hmm. now. So maybe I didn't get the schedule sent to me, but okay. So now's the yeah. second time. Okay. You can... You don't be scared to make a situation yeah. awkward because you feel unsafe. So many times things happen because you go, this guy is creeping me out, but I don't want to be weird and say that. So crazy? I'm going to keep walking with him, even though his right behind me, he's not feeling safe instead yeah. of running or being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Make Cause it, that would make be awkward. awkward. That make it awkward, make it awkward, make it awkward. And also, um, <sighs> meditate, mm. please meditate. It is the greatest gift to mankind is the ability to sit in silence. It's free. It's, and it will change your life. And meditation is truly the one thing, me, like nothing has helped me as much with, uh, with my anxiety and my depression as meditation. I was truly someone who was like really suffering and wanted to like have, I was like, God, mm. am I going to have to get like lobotomized, like my thoughts wow. are so dark and my life is so good, but I can't get out of this hole. And then when I started meditating, doing TM twice a day, it just saved my life. Wow. And I, I haven't meditated in two days and it's the longest I've gone in two years because my schedule has been so slammed here and I'm off, man. And the coronavirus is happening. I mean, it is crazy. So meditation mm -hmm. is the key. And let me just one more truth about meditation. Anyone listening who says, I can't, and you just think you're special enough to be like, I'm too OCD. My thoughts are too much. I, I run too high strung. You're not special. Sorry. Everyone feels that way about meditation. It is not about not having thoughts. I know that's scary. I, how could I not have thoughts? It's not about that. Anyone can meditate. I know you right now being like, I can't. I'm different. I have ADHD. I have this. You're Everyone can met even you ADHD. You can meditate and it will improve your life so much and it's free. There is no excuse not to do it. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it for a couple minutes. It doesn't have to be twenty minutes. minutes. It can be and five. it's the gentlest practice. You can't amazing. do it wrong. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that. These are great truths. Thank, Thank you. you. Um where can we support you? You can check out my tour dates at NikkiGlazer.com slash tour. And I have a podcast called You Up. And I also have a serious XM show called You Up with Nikki Glazer every morning on Sirius Channel 95 Comedy Central Radio. <laughs> you got that down. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, check her out on uh, Instagram as well. You post a lot of comedy stuff. But also, I love the positivity you post out there. Thank you. I appreciate you. I acknowledge you for for showing up and constantly allowing yourself to be vulnerable in the messiness for the fact that you talked openly about all these things for me is really inspiring. So Thanks. I want to acknowledge you for that. I want to acknowledge you from being from St. Louis and we yes. have that in common. We have 18th missing. So, <laughs> 
Um, I think it's really, I think it's really powerful that you're willing to open up and express yourself in the discomfort of like, I don't have it all figured out and I'm still trying to, you know, feel attracted to myself and I'm still trying to do this and I'm, I feel like I need to be great all the time and I'm scared of this. So I I really want to acknowledge you for that because I think it's important for people to hear that. Yeah, I don't have it figured out. And none of us do. But, but, I'm try- but we're all trying. We're and all I think trying. we need to be honest about yeah. trying because it, it feels bad when you see someone that does have it all together and you're like, I'll never be like them. You, right. I like hearing about the struggle. So yeah. thank you for letting me share it. My final question for you is what is your definition of greatness? What is my definition of greatness? Um, my definition of greatness is achieving happiness and being kind while doing it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it over on social media. Make sure to tag me, tag Nikki, and let her know what you thought of this episode, as I'm sure she'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, please subscribe to The School of Greatness over on Spotify and on Apple Podcast. And if you can, click that subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts as that helps us spread the message of greatness to more people. And you can truly make an impact on someone's life today just by texting them this link, lewishouse.com slash 995. Or just take the link wherever you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you're listening to your podcast. And also, if you want inspirational messages from me every single week, just text the word right now on your phone, podcast. Text that word right now, podcast, to 614-350-3960, and you'll get text messages from me every single week. And don't forget, laughter is the best medicine. And I don't know who said that, but there's a reason we all know this saying. I hope you remember that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter today. And as always, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.